total party chaos, where chaos is welcomed and logic is left at the door. We're very excited to have you joining us. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. My name is Aaron, and I am your dungeon master. Hi, my name is Kellen, and I play Zenith Payne, an Aragonasu warlock. My name is Madeline, and I play Milo Nook, a goblin monk. Without further ado, I present to you Soul Radia. On the southernmost portion of the world, there rests a desert continent, Solradia. First home of the humanoids, it has stood the test of time. Its vast history to this day holds many secrets waiting to be uncovered. The mysteries of the past lurking in the ruins of the land. I could spend hours regaling tales of lost civilizations and courageous adventurers that called Solradia home. But... That is not where our interests lie. Our story begins in the year 961 PS, post-Sundering, in the Omi Oasis. The capital of the Ilio Empire, Ilio, bursts with anticipation as they ready the streets for Deucalus. This, the first week of Deucalion, is used as a time of preparation for the coming flood, a final festival held in the streets. At Farad Malkata, the palace, thousands will come to witness the blessing of Deucalus, eager to catch a glimpse of the pharaoh as he stands painted in sacrificial blood, waiting for the first rains of the season. In other regions of the continent, celebrations are held in the last light of the scar before the sun sets over Solradia. In Ilio, nestled within the Fawn district, on the night before the first of the year, A pair of newly acquainted companions sit in the next best tavern after a long week of travel and a day in the city. Milo Milk, a young goblin girl covered in sand, and Bellamy Hart, a tan human man with a white birthmark over his left eye, chat with each other. The door bangs open and a tall dwarven man, Garan Umbraven, with dark hair and eyes enters. Milo rushes to catch his attention. The old friends catch up in the tavern. The trio decides to explore the festival of Deucalus together, going up to the citadel to watch the blessing of Deucalus, catching a glimpse of the young pharaoh, Typhus Farad. The festival led them to intriguing discoveries, including the disappearance of a few members of Hypno's circus. After questioning various members of the circus, the trio decided to investigate the disappearances, but this only led them to more trouble. When the pharaoh's guards, the magi, heard about people putting their noses where they didn't belong, they sought the group out. Escorted to Farad Malkata and mesmerized by the beauty, the trio quickly was taken to a guest house to await questioning. They stewed in their nerves until Captain Nex, head of the magi, arrived. The calm, intimidating earth ganasi separated them, questioning each individually. Through each interaction, he was able to get more than enough information from them all. The captain proceeded to offer the group a job, the job they had stumbled upon with the circus. Two weeks beforehand, at the pharaoh's father's birthday, the circus had performed. After they left, a priceless artifact, the cryptex of pharaoh Soleus Farad, was missing. Next proposed the trio seek it out, get answers out of those who would not cooperate with the magi. 
the group agreed. Going out into the city, the group encounter a number of colorful characters, including a kobold named Hackley and abrasive and psychotic old man. Unfortunately, he was the only witness to the theft, and his memory was incredibly unreliable. Nevertheless, they questioned him extensively, discerning that a voluptuous orcish woman named Wake had gotten a hold of the item. The trio rushed back to the Moncada to report to Nex. They were allowed to stay in the guest villa on the grounds for the night. Milo insisted on exploring out in the rain. Finding a pair of C's, like initials, on one of the sewer grates, Milo went into an investigative frenzy while the other two tried to dissuade her. While wandering the grounds, the trio witnessed a scene they should have never known about. Pharaoh Typhus stood with the Princess of Zal, Eos Aran, tearfully bidding her farewell. The young lovers embraced one more time before Eos Aran fled the Malkata and disappeared. The next morning, when the princess's courts and guards realized she was gone, a new investigation commenced. Everyone on the Malkata grounds were questioned by Nex. The trio admitted to last seeing the princess out with the pharaoh, but nothing more. That night, they were summoned to the pharaoh's chambers and were sworn to secrecy. No one was to know of the princess's decision to run away. The trio agreed. Garan took a page out of Eos Arn's book that day and left Bellamy and Milo for home, hoping to avoid any more suspicion. Continuing their investigation, Milo and Bellamy sought out shopkeepers who might have pawned the cryptex off. They made their way to Tafu Bazaar, the merchant district in Ilio. Finding themselves in Pandora, an enchanter's shop, they met the charismatic owner, Casper Pandora. He evaded their questions, so the pair decided to case his shop. They found a storage unit off the back along the river docks. After inspecting the items in storage, they found evidence of Casper trading with the Last of the Bold, a smuggler group in the Oasis. Knowing the group was set up in Petropolis to the north, Bellamy and Milo scrambled to book a passage to the city. This led them to Elea and her client Mickey Boondiggles, a gnomish man with black hair, woody brown skin, and glittering blue eyes. Renting Alea's ship and sailing upriver to Petropolis, Milo and Bellamy enjoyed Mickey's company as well as his pet lion, Sassafras, Sassy, Boondiggles. When they arrived in Petropolis, Mickey joined the pair to help them on their quest. The trio investigated the last of the bold storage, finding an interesting chest and an item Mickey had once stolen from the draconian government. Collecting both items and orders addressed to Wake, the party hurried to the Olympic Museum where Wake was supposedly hiding. Inside, they hunted the woman, finding out she was no orc, but a changeling. They were able to recover the cryptex, letting Wake go. Heading back to Ilio, Milo and Mickey partook in some Dukan wine that was said to have been made on an abandoned, haunted island. The wine caused hallucinations and immediately intrigued Milo, who was desperate to find out how it was made by the ghosts of Dukan. On returning to Ilio, Milo and Bellamy delivered the cryptex and received payment from Nex. Milo was paid in the form of information about her missing mother. Nex reported that the woman may have been seen at Pyrotos' throne, a massive ruin in the middle of the Chrysos Desert. Bellamy received a bit of information about a personal project and a letter from his boss in Petropolis, urging him to return home once again to take up a new position with the archaeologists of Solradia. Bellamy said goodbye to Milo and Mickey, parting ways. Down to two once again, Mickey and Milo set out for Pyrotos' throne. On their way out, 
a mad Erganasi woman with storm-cloud skin and purple hair, Zenith Payne, attempted to kill the pair. Milo and Mickey hightailed it out of the city, pursued by Zenith. Against her better judgment, Milo stopped to speak to Zenith while in the desert. After learning why she was trying to kill Mickey and Milo, they discovered that Zenith had a voice named Seymut inside her head, urging her to kill them because Seymut believed the pair were thieves and grave robbers. Milo convinced Zenith to ignore the voice and help them rather than harm them. Zenith agreed to go with Mickey and Milo only after they explained that they wanted to protect the items in the ruins. With their new companion, the party continued to the throne. The step leading to the throne itself was bigger than the Colosseums in Petropolis. Ropes hung down from the front and side of the seat. Rails hanging along the statues making up the front legs. The statues had the heads of lions, their manes fanning out up to the arms of the throne. The bodies of the statues appeared to be dragons, massive wings bracketing the sides of the seat. Under their claws, large gem-shaped orbs rested against the platform, leveraging the beasts to sit upright and strong. The back of the throne had an intricate design, and two towers bracketed where shoulders would lean. Even giants would look like little dolls resting on the structure. Countless entrances and exits dotted all the way up the throne. The party scaled to the first of the entrances. It was here that they met Bones Bones, a goblin tomb raider, and his crew members. Bones Bones charmed the party, stealing the mystery chest Milo had stolen from the last of the bold. Bones disappeared within the throne, and the party chased after him. Inside, they encountered an array of riddles and traps and fell into a room made entirely of emerald. The emerald cave had a pedestal within, a giant egg-shaped gem resting on it. Naturally, the party stole the item and escaped the throne with it. Now venturing towards Dukan to sate their curiosity, Mickey, Milo, and Zenith prepare for the horrors that must lie on the haunted island. Keep the chaos alive and stay tuned for our next episode to see where this story takes us. You can find more TPK content at our website linked to our Spotify and Instagram. Talk to you later. <laughs>